Welcome in, folks. It's Pope's Fantasy Football Hour. I'm your host, Jeremy. Here today, it is May 5th, a.k.a. Cinco de Mayo. Today on our podcast, I would like to go over my rookie rankings for tight ends post-draft. We all know this class wasn't all that exciting, but I definitely think there's some interesting landing spots. Um, So I'll just keynote on a couple of them, but I'll give you guys an overall about the top 10, I think, that are going to be any type of fantasy relevant for you guys uh, in a dynasty and or redraft. So with that being said, I'm going to step right into the news and notes for today. Um, Actually, on Cinco de Mayo today here, we get a free agent signing. The New York Jets signed Frank Gore. The 37-year-old running back wonder. Somehow he manages to get another contract. He just played here in Buffalo last year for us, and he's pretty much a handcuff. If you can find one out there, he's he's the definition of it. Last year he came in and he uh, pretty much started the year, but Devin Singletary came on and They basically split time for most of the season, causing Singletary's numbers to not be all that great. With that, he's now in New York, behind Le'Veon Bell, and probably ahead of LaMichael Pirine, who they just drafted. So pretty much the fantasy relevance for this here is that I think he might steal some from Lev Bell, not a ton. Like I said, last year he only uh, accumulated... 600 yards and two touchdowns with 100 receiving yards. Um, And I don't think he'll get used as much as even that this year for the Jets. I think Lev Bell is going to be kind of your main back, but Frank might come in near the goal line and and or maybe just some short yardage stuff or just to spell him. Or they might use all three. Um, I think the biggest hitter here is LaMichael Pirine. I think when he got drafted, I was pretty high on him, actually, once we get to the running backs. Um, not super high, but I thought he could have been like a nice late-round surprise pick. Um, I just thought his situation was good behind left Bell and no one else really there. But now you had Frank Gore, and now <clears throat> he's pretty much dead for this year, at least. Um, he's definitely still worth a pick in a dynasty league late. It seems like he's probably going late, like fourth, fifth round. You could pick him up. And to me, he'll develop from that. Uh, but as far as the Frank Gore signing, uh, he's not much of anything, as we all would know, other than just kind of putting a little bit of a dent in Lev Bell's production. But with that being said... We can just move right into our uh, 2020 rookie tight end class. This year coming into the draft, um, there wasn't much talk about these guys. They're pretty much, there's really one, two, two of them coming in, three maybe coming in the draft that they were talking that are going to be kind of decent, but they weren't. By no means was it the class last year. They don't, there's no TJ Hawkinson or no Noah Fant that teams are were going to draft early. The only one that they had coming into the draft was Cole Komet out of Notre Dame that was kind of projected to be a little bit higher. 
after that, the rest of them all kind of were basically any of them could have went first, any of them could have went last. And then the draft came, and I think the parody of this class came through, and people got drafted first that no one was even talking about getting drafted necessarily before the draft, and then there were some surprise picks in there. And then there were some people who thought would have got drafted that went undrafted and signed and got some decent landing spots. So um, with that being said, I'll give you guys the top 10 that I have here. And I'll start at 1 and I'll make my way down to 10. Um, Actually, let's reverse that. I'll start at 10, the less exciting, and make our way down to 1 and then finish on an exciting note. So let's start with 10. Uh, My 10th ranked tight end for the 2020 rookie class is Hunter Bryant. He lands in Detroit as an undrafted free agent. Um, As far as Hunter Bryant goes, there's not too much there. Um, He was one of the bigger ones that they were talking about in the beginning of the draft. I think going undrafted, he's going to be behind... Jesse James is going to be behind TJ Hawkinson. So Hunter Bryant's kind of, to me, he's pretty pretty much dead in the water as far as fantasy relevance goes for anything, to be honest. Dynasty, redraft, anything. Maybe just monitor his situation over the next couple of years and see if he develops, um, see if he starts coming out of his own. Maybe once Jesse James is gone, if they run a two tight end set or if TJ Hawkinson isn't developing as well as they'd hoped. Um, at nine is Josiah Degara. He is out of Cincinnati. Uh, he gets drafted by Green Bay, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, he's got some size. I mean, he's 6'2", 242. Came out of Cincinnati. Um, he's kind of on par with the rest of the class as far as the numbers go last year um, in college. But... Again, I don't think he's much of a... He might be maybe a developmental-like tight end if you want to grab him late. But in the rookie drafts that I've been seeing in mocks, again, he's another one that's going to go undrafted and probably has no relevance for your fantasy rosters at the current moment because he's going to be behind Jace Sternberger, who they just drafted last year and put a pretty decent amount of capital in him. So moving forward, eight is... Colby Parkinson, he was drafted by Seattle. Again, another one that's not overly exciting. He's got a bigger frame. Uh, he's 6'7", 252, out of Stanford. Um, he's a matchup issue. I think that in he has more of a value, I'll say, to me than the next two. And Seattle has their slew of tight ends that are all out there. Um to be honest, I don't think he's going to be another one that's going to go undrafted in rookie drafts, and I would suggest the same. I wouldn't draft him ultimately. I mean, if you're high on Seattle's tight ends, go ahead. I mean, right now all they have is Greg Olson, uh, Will Disley, Jacob Hollister, so he's pretty buried. He's probably a fourth tight end coming into camp, so another one that I would probably avoid. This one might surprise some people. 
sometimes I, the tight end position I kind of was very fluid on. I feel like they're all kind of the same. Um, it all depends on really landing spot. And I think to me here at seven, I have Thaddeus Moss. Um, he's out of LSU, son of Randy Moss. So it's probably surprising that he's at seven. Um, however, he went undrafted. He didn't manage to get picked in a seven-round draft to the NFL. And I'm going to trust the NFL on this. I was higher on Thad coming out. I figured he was going to be one of my top three tight ends. Um, he did land in a good position getting signed in Washington. There's not much ahead of him. I mean, right now it's really Jeremy Sprinkle, and that's about it. But... Again, you're going to Washington now. They have a new head coach in Rivera there. So, I mean, it might be a little more exciting this year. However, I really don't think that there's going to be much there for Thad. Um, but he's, again, he's just one of those, like, he's a mystery in this where I would take a pick on him. I would draft him before, honestly, probably the couple guys I have ranked ahead of him, I think. Um just by name, I mean, the 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 lineage that he brings in, I think, is going to have people draft him higher than where I was comfortable. And to be honest, I just think he has a very good opportunity. It's all just going to be if he can step in and win the job. Um, he has good hands, and he is willingness to block. He's a decent, grimy run blocker. And, I mean, he needs work on that, but he has good footwork. And like I said, I mean, he's got the lineage um, with his dad being Randy Moss. He's got the frame. He's 6'2", 205. So, I mean, all this, all the physical attributes are there, and the opportunity's going to be there. So, again, me having him at 7 doesn't mean stay away from him. I think he has the potential to be one of the top tight ends out of this class. Moving forward to six, at the sixth position, I have Bryson Hopkins. Now, Hopkins, to me, coming in, again, was another one that I personally liked. He's got the build. He's 6'4". He's 245. He's coming out of Purdue. And he ran a 4640, a 33-inch vertical. Um, so, I mean, he has physical attributes. Now... With him, he grabs a better draft capital than Thad Moss, and that's why I have him ahead of him. He got drafted in the fourth round, 136th overall, to the Los Angeles Rams. And the landing spot to me, too, obviously better than Moss. He ends up with Sean McVay, who is always had it. He always will. He just is an offensive genius, and he can he schemes people open. He just he has that ability, and you saw it with Higby and Gerald Everett and how they came on at the end of the year. And with that being said, at the end of the year there, they started running a lot more two tight end sets. And then they followed that up within the offseason this year. They trade away Brandon Cooks. Obviously, probably mostly cap casualties, but with that, I think they're just showing that they might be starting to move to more of a two tight end set, um, more so away from the three receiver set all the time. And I think you might see that a little more with this team. And I mean, I think Higby is going to be your number one. But I think with the athleticism 
and his quickness and just he's natural. He's a smooth playmaker and he just needs a little bit of work on like creating separation. Um, however, he doesn't have the talent necessarily to create that, but now falling with the Rams and McVay, McVay can almost scheme him open perfectly. And I think that Hopkins landing spot's perfect for the player he is. And he obviously produces, and he did in Purdue, more than, say, a Thad Moss or a Hunter Bryant. Um, he definitely immensed more yards and receptions and touchdowns. So I think Hopkins, to me, again, would be maybe most of these tight ends, I feel like, are fifth-round dynasty picks. Um, not really a redraft. So sorry about that, because if you're playing redraft, this uh, episode might not be the most beneficial to you. However, definitely Bryson Hopkins. Look for him to be a 21-22 impact player for you on a roster for fantasy. Um, I think he has the attributes to possibly even pass Tyler Higby as far as their tight end one in Los Angeles. Moving forward to five, I have Harrison Bryant in Cleveland. Now, Bryant going to Cleveland, I have him a touch ahead of Bryson Hopkins on a draft capital. These two guys, kind of the same. Bryant is 6'5", 243, ran a 4.7340, 32-inch vert. So they're pretty much kind of the same guy. Um, Now, Bryant, he played at FAU, which is very good. school however it's not Purdue and they didn't play the same players or same teams pardon me um but Bryant has again the same thing that um Hopkins has he has the athleticism he kind of has like a basketball player movement which is what you're mostly looking for nowadays in tight ends they want that basketball type movement they call it where they're big they box people out and they still can run routes and they um <clears throat> are athletic they don't but they still can block that's the key is that a lot of these guys have to be able to block and if you can't block as a rookie tight end you tend to not get on the field um now Harrison Bryant landing in Cleveland kind of is like a nick on his rankings too because yeah the capitals there he went in the fourth round however he's kind of buried in my opinion, he's going to be behind Hooper and Najoku, and Cleveland picked up the fifth-year option on Najoku. So, again, he could be a, a dynasty stash type of player, um, depending on how your guys' taxi squads work, uh, because I, he might be two years out before he really makes much of an impact, but he can definitely produce. He showed that in college. Um, he had over 1,000 yards last year. Um, and seven touchdowns. So, I mean, he's a, a good red zone target, and he obviously is a force on the field to begin with. So I could see him possibly sliding in behind Hooper um, maybe next year, depending on if they trade Najoku or not. Um, so to me, Harrison Bryant is definitely worth a fifth-round dynasty draft pick. But again, he might be a couple-year project for you guys. 
From there, I go to four is David Asiasi. And yes, I'm, I apologize. It's Devin Asiasi. And with that, as you can tell with the name mistake, honestly, didn't look at him before the draft. Not going to lie to you guys. Um, however, once you get into his numbers after the Patriots drafted him in the third round, 91st overall, and if New England likes a tight end, you got to pay attention. Obviously, their track record, they've had Gronk, they had Hernandez, who they found. They just have a knack for finding good tight ends. And they also took Dalton Keene here. He's not on my rankings. I think he's more of like a, like a James Devlin for them. So I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. However, Asiasi, last year, he didn't produce as much as, say, Harrison Bryant or Bryson Hopkins. But I think... I have him ahead of them on the basis of landing in New England. But it's not that he didn't uh, he didn't underproduce, I should say. Um, he had 44 receptions for 641 yards and four touchdowns. And I feel like he's kind of more of a he's a receiving tight end. He's not he's not Gronk and he's not he's going to have more of like but I feel like when they had Gronk and Hernandez, he's more of like the Hernandez style. He He's more of a receiving tight end. He's got speed, um, and he can get up the seam, and he can run good routes, and he just finds spots and zones. But yet he's tough. I mean, he goes into the hashes, and he makes catches. This, to me, is a big safety blanket type of guy. He's going to be—he'll have the Gronk effect on that aspect of— if it's Stidham or it's Hoyer, um, they will be able to trust him and throw to him in the middle. Because this guy's big. I mean, he's 6'5", 280. So he's built kind of... He's just a big guy, and he's going to be able to get open underneath. And as long as he can sure up his blocking and work on his contested catches, because for a big guy, yes, he gets in there and he finds spots and zones and stuff, but his... Con- Tested catch rate wasn't that great through his college career. Um, so he also has some more work, too, in the route running. He's by no mar- by no means a perfect prospect. But I think landing in New England is perfect for this kid. And I think he is worth a <clears throat> um, possibly a third, late third, early fourth uh, rookie dynasty draft pick. On the basis of, I feel like he's going to walk in and he's going to be possibility of a year one starter. I mean, they don't have much in New England as far as tight ends go at this current moment. And last year, the Patriots threw 55 targets to 457 yards and two touchdowns. So that being said, that's kind of comparable to his target share last year in UCLA. So you could almost, I would say, predict that he'll have kind of that same stat line of that 44 receptions, 641 yards, and four touchdowns, which is a decent tight end, probably two uh, in a fantasy aspect. But for his first year, that's pretty impressive, I think. So I would say, to me, I would target him in that early fourth, and he's definitely worth I think if it's not an impact this year, he'll be an impact next year and for years to come.
from there we can slide into the top three. And the top three will probably get a little interesting. I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me, and they may not have already agreed with me from here. However, these three I went on the basis of a landing spot and potential turnout for me. Um, the next one is Albert Ogubwam, or as some people call him, Albert O, which is much easier, and I will probably refer to him as, because as you can tell, I probably butchered his last name, and I apologize. But he lands in Denver. Um, he's drafted in the fourth round, 118th overall. So less of a draft capital than Asiasi, but I think uh, Albert O's upside is much better. Um, he's just more of a better athlete. He's 6'5", 258. So he's a little smaller as far as the um, weight that he has on him. However, he ran a 4.4940. I mean, he was he was moving. He's the fastest tight end time at the combine of the guys that I'm mentioning. And he uses that size and speed that he has, that combination, and he just he separates from guys. And he does a very good job in the contested catch type um, <clears throat> platform, and he shields against that. And he is obviously using his frame to do so. And with this said, he also doesn't tend to drop balls. He has good hands. And to me, he's lining up to be that perfect red zone guy. He's got the size. He has some quickness off the line to kind of just get a quick separation from, say, a linebacker covering him or a safety. And who are you going to put on a guy at 6'5"? I mean, it's probably going to be a linebacker, and he's got the speed to outrun a linebacker on, say, a drag across the face of the defense. And then with that said, it even lands better for him being that he lands in Denver. He ends up with his college quarterback in Drew Locke. So immediately day one, there's going to be a connection there, which is helpful this year with the shortened offseason that we're most likely going to have. Um, but to me, he needs to work on his routes. He's... He's not necessarily the best route runner. However, though, with the speed, that's where he gets open. So depending on if he can trim that up a little bit in the NFL and he can work on his blocking, I think he can develop into a very dynamic tight end. Uh, but with that, he's also already behind a dynamic tight end in Noah Fant that they drafted last year. So I think for Alberto. He's going to be the second tight end on the team. He's not going to pass Fant, even though he has the capabilities physically to do so. I think he's just still very raw, just like the rest of this tight end class. However, he will get an opportunity. I think Denver went out this year in the draft, and they added skill players up and down. And they didn't waste a fourth-round pick to not use Alberto. I think... Like I said, he's going to be a type, he's going to be a red zone guy. Last year he had 6 touchdowns on 26 of his receptions. So obviously he is more so was looked at in Missouri the same way. He kind of was a short yardage jump ball type guy. Um and I think that's what Denver's going to use him for. 
this year. So it's another player that he might even go undrafted in some dynasty drafts. If not, maybe take a late round, fifth round flyer on him if you need some help at tight end. Because as we know, the tight end position in fantasy is very fluid. And it's other than the top four, really, I guess you could say it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, maybe you could even push it to top maybe eight. There's eight really good tight ends, and after that, you can plug and play as the days go. Um, So with that, I mean, definitely if you're looking for some tight end help and you've got the roster to let them sit there, Albert O is definitely worth a look. With that being said, we'll move on to my second overall ranked tight end, which most people will have him at the first overall because he was the first tight end taken. However, there's one tight end I like better than this said tight end. Um, So with that, my number two tight end of the 2020 rookie class is Cole Komet out of Notre Dame, six foot six. 260 pounds. Cole Komet was the first one drafted, as I said. He went in the second round, 43rd overall. So very, very good draft capital. He lands, however, with the Chicago Bears, who always love getting tight ends. They have the most tight ends in the NFL on a roster. If not, I feel like they could field their entire offense in tight ends. If this is true, I'm not 100% sure. But besides that, Cole Komet has the physical abilities and prowess to be a significant tight end in the NFL. The athleticism isn't the same, we'll say, as, say, Alberto, because his 40 time was 4.7. But that's an average time for most tight ends, at least in this class. But he had a better vert at three, uh, 37 inches, which was, I believe, I could be wrong, but it was definitely top three in the tight end class this year. But he comes with good size. Um, he blocks well. Uh, he gets up there, he gets the ball and contested catches. Um, and he has good hands. So for me, he's the safest of these prospects. He has a very good baseline, and he's the most well-rounded tight end of the class. However, the upside necessarily isn't there as, say, a player like Albert O or the first-ranked tight end that I think has a better ceiling due to landing spots and just the player himself. However, it's not a slew on Cole Komet. Cole Komet will be the first one drafted, most likely, in your dynasty drafts. He's going to probably go in the third round of a dynasty draft. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. He's going to walk in, and I believe he will probably be their year one starter there. Yes, they have a ton of tight ends. However, they did release Trey Burton, and they got rid of Jimmy Graham this year. So there's not really much there to be honest so with that being said last year he produced 515 yards on 43 receptions with six touchdowns in Notre Dame now you take that and then you look at the Bears last year who had 57 targets to their tight ends that accumulated 425 yards and two touchdowns 
and I actually have to rescind something. I said that Jimmy Graham was released, but they picked up Jimmy Graham. So he could end up getting ahead of Jimmy Graham, but most likely not. He will probably sit behind Jimmy Graham. And then in 21, he will be a starter for this team. So with that being said, depending on how Jimmy Graham plays, you could see Komet pass him. So from there, I would say he is worth that third round draft pick if you are set on Cole Komet being the tight end that you like the most. But as I said, he's my second ranked tight end. Behind my number one tight end, who I personally think will, out of this class, turn out to have the most prolific fantasy career of these NFL tight, of these tight ends in the NFL. He does not have the draft capital that Cole Komet had. He was drafted in the third round, so he doesn't even have the draft capital that Asiasi has because he was drafted at the 105th pick. However, what the team told you when they drafted him, they traded up for him. So, my number one overall ranked tight end that I think will have the most fantasy value for you guys is Adam Troutman out of Dayton. Small school. However, he lands in New Orleans. Now, as soon as they drafted him, the lights went off and a lot of people started comparing him already to using him in a Jeremy Shockey type format as more of that receiving tight end. And I can see it. He... Didn't have the fastest 40. He ran a 4.8. His vert was 34, so it was pretty average for the class. Um, He had an impressive three cone at 6.7 seconds. However, he got a lot of targets, and he was very productive in Dayton. Now, yes, Dayton is a small school, and the competition jump is going to be large. Now, with that being said, the first year, he's not going to be like, he probably won't have the same production as, say, a Komet, possibly, or an Asiasi, or a Thad Moss, if he can win the starting jobs. Because, A, I don't know if Troutman's going to win the job. I think Troutman will get used because he was drafted in a third, and like I said, they traded for him. But he's going to be most likely behind Jared Cook. Now you could look at it as this. Maybe they come into camp. Jared Cook is 33 years old, and he's going to take a heavier cap hit. Maybe Troutman comes in, and he has a chance to compete for the job. And maybe best man wins, and he may beat out Jared Cook. Now this would be the ideal situation for an Adam Troutman owner. However, it won't hurt if you have to let him sit on the taxi squad and develop for a year because that might be what he needs because, again, he's making a big jump from a Dayton to New Orleans in the NFL. Now, he doesn't have the route tree as, per se, some of the more well-route-running tight ends in this class. However, he also doesn't necessarily have, like, an elusiveness after the catch. But 
he gets open. He's very good in the contested catch. And he's very good at high-pointing footballs. With that being said, he's going to be productive. Now, we know who's coming after Drew Brees most likely will be Jemias Winston, as they signed him last week. So, we know with Jemias that he throws the football, and he's willing to throw footballs, and he's willing to give his receivers opportunities. So, with that being said... After Michael Thomas, they just brought in Emmanuel Sanders. However, again, another aging receiver. There's not many opportunities at the receiving position for the New Orleans Saints. So I can see and forecast somewhatly that in the future, Troutman will have plenty of opportunity. And with that being said, even you could look as far back as last year where New Orleans had... Jared Cook is their top tight end, who had 48 catches for 759 yards and 9 touchdowns. And he was fantasy relevant. So, with that being said, he could definitely eclipse the 800-yard mark or more if he gets more targets once Troutman becomes the number one tight end in New Orleans. And I just think that New Orleans is a better overall offense to land in for say than the Bears and that's why I have Troutman ahead of Komet and you might see some rankings that have Komet ahead of Troutman and to me it's a toss-up you're splitting hairs at this point I just personally like Troutman on the basis of they traded up for him he landed in New Orleans the better offense the better coaching staff and I think he gets the opportunity to sit behind and learn some and develop and I think that will allow that jump from Dayton to the NFL be smoother of a transition. And that is to me why he should be the number one tight end in the 2020 rookie class. Now, that pretty much wraps up my tight ends. And don't get overhyped with any of these guys. Don't go out there and try and trade up early into the third round to go and grab Cole Komet. If Komet gets taken before you, Troutman's a good option. Asiasi's a solid option, and Thad Moss is also another solid option. The rest of them after that, like I said, I mean, they may go undrafted, so unless you have nobody else on your board that you want to draft, say a receiver or a running back or quarterback, if there's none of them there, then yes, you could take a flyer on these guys. But, again, don't let rookie fever catch you guys and don't start to reach for these guys because, like I said, coming into the draft, most of these guys, this was a weak tight end class. Um, However, like I said, you got a couple good tight ends with some good landing spots and you have some that have just the physical ability to possibly become these elite tight ends. So, with that being said, I'm... Just going to wrap this episode up here, guys, and I'm going to kind of let you guys in on what my next episode is going to be. I'm going to continue this 2020 rookie class rankings. I will move into the running backs, and I'll probably give you guys the top 15 that I have for the running backs. And then with that, I will go over, and I'm not going to go as in-depth necessarily on all 15 of them. I'll probably kind of do the same thing I did here with the tight ends. 
maybe even a little bit less than some of the guys on the basis of there's more than say 10. So I hope you guys can tune in for that episode. It will be my fourth episode. So trying to just build this up and get better as I move on. So I apologize if you it's a little choppy or anything like that, but I'm new. Give me a break. So hopefully you guys found some of this information uh, helpful. And I know the tight end class isn't super fun and super exciting because nobody really likes tight ends. They're kind of a sticky situation. However, um, trust me, I'm going to try and get Troutman in as many dynasty leagues as I can. And like I said, Cole Komet's not a bad option. From that, I think I'm going to sign off here. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Um, on there, I can you can send some questions uh, or just look at some of the content that I uh, post. Uh, definitely give me a follow. Um, other than that, uh, have a good Cinco de Mayo. And I look forward to giving you guys some more information on the 2020 running backs class next time. Till then, stay safe, guys.